Rammies, we have a very special announcement for you. Right Answers Mostly has teamed up with CPC Swimwear to create our own line of swimsuits. It has been a dream come true. We created five different swimsuits in collaboration with CPC, and we could not be more excited. One swimsuit even has a little special wink at Right Answers Mostly. We love a wink. These suits are the best. It's the only suits I've been wearing for the past six years. They're sustainable. They're locally made, and they just look so good on your body. I've never felt better in a swimsuit. Same. But not only do we have a Ram round of swimsuits, we also have a discount code. Use code RAM10 at checkout to receive 10% off any CPC swimsuits. We cannot wait to see you in your cute little suits. It's going to be the best. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Do you ever look at that door? <laughs> Say it. And just think, what would happen if I were to open All this? All the time. I have crazy thoughts on an airplane. Crazy thoughts. Of just like, what would happen oh my if... God, we're going to be put on like the no-fly <laughs> list. <laughs> And we're off with our second episode of Crimes, Cults, Conspiracies. Hopefully you guys loved that Gypsy Rose episode because Jesus Christ. I'm still thinking about it. I know. Oh, okay. You know what I saw actually that I didn't say on the episode and I actually need to look this up as I'm saying it, but I believe she got married in jail. To that guy? No, not to the guy. Um, He has like life in prison, right? Yeah, but I mean, she is there right now. But I guess that's not how prison works. (laughs) She's not in the same places. Currently there. um, Yeah, I believe that she is married now. She met someone in jail? Yes. um, Yeah, Gypsy Rose Blanchard gets married in prison. Entertainment Tonight, July 28th, uh, 2022. To a man? Um, I, I believe so. I don't get gay vibes from her. But how do you meet? Isn't she at like an all-female prison? Well, you know that people like have that weird thing. Like remember when Charlie Manson was in jail and all these people started sending him fa- fan mail? Oh, God. Oh, no. I really wanted her to get out and like date around and explore and like realize that not every guy has to be like... Dis- disgusting? Like, yeah. And like toxic? Well, I'll be really curious that, I mean, to hear about That's going to be a journey for that. her to find true... <laughs> Authentic love. And um, we'll be uh, we'll be there for her on her journey. She married a Louisiana man. Oh, wow. Well, so. when they get married, we can cover it on, um, or when she gets out, we can yes. cover it on Patreon. You know we will, guys. You know we will. The wedding of Gypsy yeah. Rose, yeah. <laughs> the wedding yeah. of the season, you could say. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're drinking again, Louisiana. We're drinking. I'm sorry if my tummy growls. I thought I was properly fed, but you just never know these days. Yeah. Oh, this is fruity. Oh, is it too fruity? No, it's nice. Um, We're drinking. Oh, it's because it's Island Colada. We're drinking beer. Guys, I love Kona Brewing Company. We haven't drank beer on the podcast in a minute, I feel. I know. Sometimes it hits because wine just goes, goes down too easy. Yeah, it does. And then you're like... Is that hangover worth it? it? It does. And then all of a sudden we walk out of the room, out of the studio, and can all just like, what happened in there? There's just like smoke and <laughs> we're like mumbling. Noah's looking at us, Tess's dog, like, I've seen this all before. Here we go again. But yeah, tonight we're going to make a bolognese. Uh, I know. Tess and Canola are cooking dinner for me. I want to cook for our baby. Oh, well, thank you, you so need to make much. you a home-cooked meal. What else has been going? Oh my gosh. Tell us about your Aspen trip, Tess. You have so- it was a ram trip. Uh, it it was a Ram trip unexpectedly. It was 
everything that we have covered and talked about and fantasized about. Um, it was crazy. It was a fever dream. I went with my brother's for, for his plus one for like a work trip, essentially. But it was like a very fun. We just had to go to conferences in the morning, which I was just like eating a bagel. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and for like all these travel people, I was like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking Sorry, about. Everyone's like taking notes. Um, kind of, but there was just like activities for us all day. We went skiing. We went to get hats made at Kimosabe, which they do on Housewives. If you guys watch Real Housewives Beverly Hills, you know, did you order 818? No, I didn't. Okay. Cause I was a little hungover when mm-hmm. I got there and I was like, I can't imagine drinking tequila. So I think, Oh no, I did have a whiskey. Uh, <laughs> had an old fashioned. Yeah. I'd had tequila the night before. So I was just like, I can't, but it is like on the shelf with, with Kathy's tequila. With Kathy and Kendall's tequila. So they they know. And I asked the woman, I was like, were you here? Yes. When that whole thing went down. And she was like, yes, I was. I was working. And she was like, honestly, it was kind of funny because the bartender sort of like initiated the entire thing. One of our employees, like she's like, she didn't even realize what she was doing, but like she, she stirred the pot, she stirred the pot and then everything went downhill. And she's like, it was crazy. Cause I was down here with actual customers. Like they didn't buy out the whole place. They just bought out the bar. God. And so she was like, we could just hear them like Kyle sobbing upstairs and she kept running out and running in. (laughs) And I was like, that is crazy. I was like, were you starstruck? And she was like, no, it was honestly like kind of annoying. Uh, Okay. Well, whatever. I was like, I can't talk to you about this. I can't talk to you about this. (laughs) You're not the one. Where's the bartender that stirred the pot? Exactly. Not all heroes wear capes. Uh, Ain't that the truth, Claire? Ain't that the truth? Wow. Um, So yeah, we did that. Um, But the reason why it was such a ram trip was the hotel we were staying at to start was a gorgeous, gorgeous hotel. St. Regis. You ever heard of it? I will never be able to like get this experience in my own life. Like those rooms probably go for like $1,400 a night. Well, don't, don't sell yourself short. You never know know where our lives will lead us. That is true. But it just was one of those like pinch me things. Like stay at a hotel like that. It's like this luxury free meals and sprinter vans that take you everywhere. I just was like, this is crazy. But that hotel was founded by John Jacob Astor and his family, who was the richest man on board of Titanic who died. He died. And he had a bunch of cash on him when he died, right? Yeah, didn't he have like thousands of dollars of cash? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so he, that was very like mm, Titanic, I feel the mm, wealth. Yeah, of course. Um, And then on the second night, they were like, we're going to take you, everyone has to dress Studio 54. And we're going to- Studio 54, right there. Right right there. So I was already like, it is Rami, Rami in mind. So we get on this bus. We're all like, where the fuck are we going? It was like such a nice ride. It was just like snowing and just like stunning, like through the mountains. And I was like, I thought we were going to like a dinner. And we arrive at this funky 70s like mansion. It The pictures, it is so, it's such an eclectic old woman lives there. Exactly. It was built in the 90s, but the whole thing was very you know, influenced by 70s disco, psychedelic. I feel like certain people like who we're talking about, who Tess about to reveal, get stuck in the time that was their heyday and they never leave it. That is exactly what mm. it felt like. Wow. So we walked in and fa- and then found out that it was Barbie Benton, who was Hugh Hefner's girlfriend. We talk about her in our Playboy episode. I think that she was Hef's like one true love. Yes. And there's like, she, five. Or Hugh's. He, yeah 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 whatever his name is we don't care yeah i mean you guys (laughs) listen to the episode that's what we care about yeah exactly give us the download yep um like five stories elevators with these mosaics on the walls like one room the wallpaper were just individual rolls of metallic seafoam green wrapping paper 
what? Like the choices were just so crazy. Was she there? So apparently she was. <gasps> she just said, she said Gatsby. I, like literally everyone's like, she usually makes appearance. We were there for a while. And by the end we were like, all right, it's time it's to go. Time. Every night we just want to go back and order grilled cheese. We did that every uh, single night. Room service. <laughs> and French fries. Best. I prefer a hotel over an Airbnb any day. I'm kind of over Airbnbs, I have to say. You mean I'm going to go on vacation and I have to strip the sheets? And there it is. Thank you. Like, honestly, I think like for my bachelorette party, hotel. Hotel. Because also you don't need to be with everyone 24-7. I agree. Because that's what people will be like, but we all need to be together. No. Like, we can be together. <laughs> yes. We can all have our space and then be together. Exactly. Not like I'm getting married, but just when I think about it. Everyone always just plans ahead, you know? Of course. Never a bad thing. No. But yeah, that was crazy. Um... I just can't. I'll, we'll, we'll post more stuff. Um, follow us on TikTok because I posted yes. a few videos. But it was just such a rant. Was there some other Rammy thing? I feel like there was one more Rammy thing, but I can't quite remember now. I know. But God, I mean, you had three. We had Titanic, Studio 54, and Playboy yes, all within one. Exactly. Trip, so. so it was just an absolutely fever dream that I loved. And uh, I was happy and sad to come back, you know. Happy and sad at the same time. Yeah, when you're just like, I have to make my bed. I know. I have to cook. Like, it was like shocking. Eloise had it all figured out. I, I'm telling you. Literally. I love a hotel so much. God, I do too. Um but yeah, what was the highlight of your week? What are you looking forward to? Honestly, like this. My mom's coming into town tomorrow, yes. so that will be so fun. Um, we have dog people trivia. We do. On Tuesday. So Tess and I will be there, and we're bringing our moms. Oh, wait, Tess and I were talking about, mm, we still have to ask them, so TBD, but we might bring our moms on for a Patreon episode. I think we must. I think we must, too. I would love to just like ask them about like some stories and growing up, having like daughters. We should. My, my mom asked if we were recording the week that she was here, and I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure we will. And she's like, oh, great. I'll sit in and watch you guys. <laughs> I was like, no. Like, the only person we allow to do that is... It's Tevi. And Blanche. Uh, and Blanche occasionally when, yep. she, when she wants to. But exactly. it is tough to... Perform. E- even if I think of Canal like hearing us outside, you <laughs> yeah. know, I'm just like we're in our own little like our it's own crazy. little world. So um we're we're gonna, you know, just I mean, you, when anyone comes to town to visit, I'm always like, I don't really know what to do, but to make some reservations to eat, because that's all I want to do. What else do you do in a city besides yeah. eat and drink and walk around? Same and those are my favorite things to do. Yeah, like no one needs to go on like hikes yeah like you know when people used to visit you in LA and the things that you'd be like let's go like to the LACMA lights and like all that shit well I brought Emma to um to the Getty Center and I dragged Tess and Alice there and that was a trip we didn't know that it was on um we didn't know that art was so popular it was Memorial Day weekend right or no President's Day weekend it was something that it was a long weekend and the lines were long and it was it was, was a lot. truly crazy. But gorgeous. But no, we had a great time. Yeah. I mean, we got high and we looked at art. But <laughs> yeah, just what like, more could you ask for? Yeah, you don't need to do much. So anyways, that's um, that's going to be my plan and just like R&R, R&R. R&R. We love that. We what, what were you going to tell me when you were like, I'll save it. You Fuck. looked like you just oh, heard tea. Oh, this week. This week is 420, everyone. So happy 420. Yes. Um, we are actually pre-gaming 420 with Trivia at Waterfront. We sure are. And this time we decided, we were like, let's just do whatever we want. And what we want to do is an all Bravo-themed trivia. And we think it's what you want, too. Exactly. People. So um, Wednesday, April 19th, from 7 to 9 at Waterfront, all Bravo. If you're in L.A., please come. If you've never 
been before. You've never met us. You've never listened to the podcast. This is your introduction. Welcome to the family. We also have a Bravo family. Yes, exactly. It's a part of who we are. We're doing Housewives. We're doing Vanderpump Rules, Summer House, Southern Charm. We're doing it all. Oh, God, I can't wait. I'm can't so wait. excited. I can't either. So that's going to be a great week. And then 420. Ay. Ay, ay, Um, Yeah, one of our trivia questions for dog people is... Oh, yeah. Um, like what is 420? Like how did that start? And I was shook to my core. I don't know that. I cannot say it now because this will be after. Oh, yeah, you can right say it now. now. It's like yeah, it's fine. I'm yeah. like panicking. <laughs> it's a bunch of high school kids invented it, where they would leave school to smoke at 4:20 p.m. and then it just became this thing. It's high school kids in California. Why were you guys still at school at 4:20 p.m.? Go home. Although we got out of school at 4.15. It was late. That is crazy. The sun was like, in the winter, the sun was going down. It was I, torture. Although I got a job just so I could leave school early. And um, so I did. I was out of there. What job? Um, I worked at a clothing boutique. Oh, that's right. Name God, Mason's. It is like, it is, your I, life I is wanted like to a live there. TV show. Because <laughs> I had like seven jeans and citizens and stuff. Would you get a discount? I did, but I still couldn't afford it. I mean, they were so expensive. They were so expensive, but I loved. God, the, and like true religion. Yes. Uh, yeah. We only had like a small shelf for true religion, but I still fold my denim the same way that I was taught at that store. How? So um, you fold it in like a hot dog. Okay. And then you take the bottom leg like the cuff yeah fold it halfway oh, and then fold it one more wow. so that the pocket show you want the pockets on the outside to show so you can see what designer it is god how professional of you <laughs> i still think i fold everything incorrectly oh same i mean don't ask me about t-shirts and stuff because my drawers they're just shoved in there no one time i tried to do a surprise for knall and when he was out of town so when he got back his laundry be folded and he was trying to be very sweet but i could tell he was so disappointed yeah um, he was like oh you don't have to do that again i was like what are you talking about this is so nice never do it yeah, again. yeah i'm totally great with you never touching my clothes <laughs> always that thing i mean i feel that way opposite. yeah yeah hey so. hey a monster yeah no no you know but speaking of uh, <laughs> monsters monsters i'm like hmm, let me try that transition again <laughs> speaking of monsters <laughs> Speak folding, folding into oblivion. Folding into oblivion, Claire. You could say that that will be the topic of today's episode. Tess, what the hell are we talking about? We are talking about none other than the conspiracy theories around the disappearance of Malaysia Airlines flight MH370. So this is a conspiracy this week. This is a conspiracy because it's not a crime, but maybe it was. Right. right. It's not a cult, but maybe it was. I... I'm excited because I really, I remember hearing about this and I remember everyone being like, where did it go? And like kind of subjects like this made me want to bash my head against the wall. It's like John Bonet. It's like Khloe Kardashian's real biological father. Like we just don't know. They're all in the same category. (laughs) Khloe's father being number one, I think. Exactly. What I would ask uh, God at the pearly, yeah, pearly gates, whatever the fuck they call it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But I think for me, I find like airplane mysteries and like things in the sky so compelling and like eerie like I used to be really into Apollo 13 and the Challenger and 9-11 I was very like fascinated with kind of learning more information and conspiracy theories about that wow so when this came up on the Netflix doc recently I watched it but I didn't know much I don't remember this really from 2014 I remember Obama making a statement 14 
Yeah. I was thinking like 2012. I thought it was 2012 too, actually, this entire time. So much, like so much. 2012 was so much. And same with 2014. I mean, yeah. just kind of like a dark time for fashion. <laughs> the worst time for fashion. Just business tough. casual. Business casual. Um, but yeah, so I've always found this kind of thing fascinating. And I thought it'd be fun to do some, we can go over some conspiracy theories about yes. it. We can try to like think, solve it ourselves. We could solve it on this episode. We could do it right now. Mm-hmm. Malaysia Airlines, call us. <laughs> They're like, we can't. They're like, we don't know where we are. It's disrespectful. Yeah, sorry. Um, but like, what's your? Um, are you a nervous traveler, Claire? You nervous uh, flyer? No, I'm not. Um, I, I mean, it's always scary when you have turbulence, but I, I mean, it really is safer on a plane than it is in a car. And I always just thought like traveling in a plane was so exciting and cool. Yep. I mean, it is. It is one of the safe, it is the safest way that you can travel. Yeah. And that's another reason why I just thought that this was interesting because it's just like there are so many levels of protection and safety that modern aircrafts have to go through that the chance of anything happening, it's less likely, like you're more likely to be struck by lightning than to get into any sort of plane crash. Right. And with satellites and everything, it's like, how the fuck do they just not know where it went? That's what I'm confused about. I will say with traveling, Something that I love that I want to that I will get on the TikTok algorithm every once in a while mm. is um, when people freak out on an airplane. It's it's not okay. Like these flight attendants are not paid enough. But oh, I can watch like the Karens for hours. The Karens. I saw one the other day where a, a guy broke up with his girlfriend on the flight, and she was sobbing and laying in the middle of the aisle. <laughs> what? I'm it's like sick. I'm we've all so been there sick. though. Like why then? But sometimes you can't wait. Oh my god. I mean. That almost ha- well, yeah. That almost happened to me once when I was coming back from San Diego with my first boyfriend. Um, we got into a huge fight the night before, and he wasn't speaking to me on the plane. And so I uh. wrote a letter to him because I was right <laughs> behind him. We couldn't sit together. Throw it back, and I passed it to him. It basically was like, "I'm sorry how I acted last night because I was a little crazy." Um, and I just saw him fold it and put it in his pocket, and I just kept waiting for him to like turn around and look at me, and he never did. And I was like having a panic. I was like, "I'm about to." He just he basically broke up with me mm-mm, with that. Mm-mm. So I understand. <laughs> it's tough, but I'm just fascinated by it. It's like. Well, for a while, they were stopping um, selling booze on airplanes because of the anti-maskers were throwing fits and then they were drinking. Do you like drinking on a flight? Love drinking on a flight, of course. I know. Of course. Well, some people, even though, like, some people that like alcohol don't like drinking on a flight because it does just make you feel a little Well, because you strange. get dehydrated by flying, right? Yes. By being in the air or something? You're dehydrated. Also, like, your level of emotions, even without alcohol, are, like, scientifically proven that you feel more emotional, you feel more vulnerable. Yes, because I was watching something on the flight that Danny, every time we say Danny's podcast, by the way, we're just huge fans of the podcast, Everything Iconic, mm. but he was talking about that he was watching some movie and sobbing on a plane, and oh, I yes. watched the same. And I was like, was it Sleepless in Seattle or, Seattle or something? I don't know, but it, it, it hits. It does hit. Um, so let's, uh, shall we get into this bad boy? Let's do it. Okay. So. Um, wow. Wow. Right when we're starting, I don't know if y'all can hear it, but there is an airplane right over us. Damn. That Damn. That was dramatic. That was dramatic. Um, okay. So Claire. Yes. On March 8th, 2014. Malaysia Airlines flight MH370 vanished from air traffic control radar screens, never to be seen again, spawning the most incredible aviation mystery of the 21st century. I literally have chills. I know. like Because it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense at all. The 239 people on board were never found and are presumed dead. I that 
Oh, God, being a family member or a friend of one of those people. The documentary was like so hard to watch because you were like, oh my God, this is fascinating. And then they did interweave like a lot of interviews with friends and family. And you're just like, can you imagine that frustration? Like, first of all, just heartbreak and devastation. And then the frustration of being like, we never had the answer. Not like, I don't know. It's like, would you want to know exactly what happened? Yes. Or would you just want to? I'd want to know what happened because I think that could give me some closure because I think I would always be thinking, but what if they're still out there? And I think, yes. Like, and the thing about this is that, you know, it's not likely that this is like a lost situation, that they're all on an island somewhere for the past few years and haven't been found. Like, 99.9%. 99.9%. Yeah, of course. Of they course. are they are dead, but I think I'd want to know like was it painful? Did they suffer? Was it, you know, where is their body? Like literally. Yeah. And we do not know. So, um investigations dedicated to finding the plane, the victims, or any substantial evidence of what happened have come up next to nothing, inviting speculation and conspiracy theories to fill the vacuum which we will be talking about today. Oh god. So, Shall we talk about a little timeline of what happened that night when everyone boarded, what was going on? First of all, just to like lay out some information about this airplane. It was a Boeing uh, 777, which is like a very standard, huge plane that goes international flights, super safe. This airplane specifically had taken 7,000 successful trips. Um, these Boeings are supposed to travel for 25 years before kind of retiring. I think it had been traveling for 12. Literally nothing was wrong with it. The plane was in compliance. There was no damages. Like, you know, they have to do so many checks before you fly. Like, and that's just another interesting thing because it's like they would have known before if something was loose, if something was prone to, you know, whatever. Everything was good. Um, there were, um, and this is just kind of relating to one of the conspiracy theories I'm going to mention, 150 passengers were Chinese. Uh-huh. There were 38 Malaysian, um, seven Indonesians, six Australians, and several passengers from a host of other countries, including France and the U.S. Where was this leaving out of? So this was going from, um, forgive me, forgive me, um, Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. Okay. And it was going to um, Beijing. Okay. Um, How many Americans were on there? Do you know? I think just a few. Okay. There were five children and there were 12 crew members. Oh. Um, so let's talk about who is flying this goddamn thing. Yeah. So we have two pilots. We have the main captain and the co-pilot. The main captain was this man named Zahari Ahmad Shah. He had been a pilot since 1983. Oh, wow. Um, in 1991, he became a captain. So he was like a very... Being a pilot is such a crazy job. It's so crazy. Shout out to my friend McKinley who got her pilot's license before her driver's license. What? Oh, yeah. She's flown me in her plane like two times, I think. I will say the little planes scare me a little bit. The little planes are... Yeah. I mean, I think also like we have just heard a lot of horror stories yeah. about like the Kennedys. Yeah. I'm like exactly who else died in a little plane um otis redding i mean the li- pa- patsy klein like the list goes on and on yes i think there's just more things that can go wrong yeah. but these huge planes like this is nothing to be scared about mm-hmm. except for these people <laughs> that yeah, i'm sure. sorry but this is this yeah. is terrifying um so um we'll call him shaw that's his last name coach shaw coach shaw jin shaw shaw amazing <laughs> if you know you know <laughs> 
Um, he had a wife. He had kids. Um, he was so passionate about flying that he made at his home an in-flight simulator. Oh. Which, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But his in interviews after the disappearance, his family said that he had become very, like, reclusive a few weeks before this flight and the, his daughter said he was a different person and there was a sudden shift because he was in the simulator like constantly. Honey. Honey. Right. Oh my God. I already have ideas. I know. I know you do. Well, I saw, I heard this and was like, that's it. And then it just throws you for so many like loops and turns. But the most interesting part about this is that a day before this flight, Shaw's wife and his three kids moved out. Because there were some marital problems. Again, I have some thoughts. So there's there's turmoil, let's say, um, in Shaw's. Simulator. That would be so weird. I beg, like, you're flying a plane all day. I know. I don't really understand that, but maybe like it's fun just to pretend to be in flight. He's a man obsessed. He is a man obsessed. Um, but also, yeah, I don't know. Like, if, if any pilots are listening, like, what do you guys think about that? Do you think that's, like, weird? Because, like, when I go home from work. Right. Oh, right. I, I'm done. So, I mean, he couldn't take his, uh, he, he was married to work. Couldn't separate. No. Then we have the co-pilot, mm-hmm. um, who's a 27-year-old first officer, Farik Abdul Hamid. Okay. He joined in 2007. He had just gotten promoted to being first officer, which is, like, not captain, but you're flying. So, he joined when he was 20. Yeah. He's young. And he had a little reputation for being like a party boy. Um, when he was training, he would sneak women into the cockpit. I was like, Jesus. I don't call it a cockpit for nothing. Uh, Am I right? <laughs> that was good, Claire. That was good. <laughs> but I was truly like, wow, that's bold. That is bold. Um, may I be so bold to ask you? Yes. Are you a part of the Mile High Club? No. Me either. Are you? I don't know how one does that unless you're flying private. Literally, I mean... I've never even really had the desire. I'm not the most relaxed person on a flight. Like, <laughs> there's literally one bump, and I'm just like, what is that? What was that outside? Mm. Um, so, I've never like really been horny on a flight, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, that's something else. But hey. But hey, I, I respect people that are. What not, a fun ride. If I were in like fl- first class on an overnight. Oh, yeah. Like, laying down next to someone. Maybe I'd do like fool around a little bit. First, first class Dubai. Yes, but not, not in the bathroom. Yeah, no, it's tough. No, not for me. Nasty. Um, so he had just completed his final training um, before this flight. So he was like, or his final, oh, to become a captain. So he was oh, like almost like, way. he was on his way. Um, and nothing notable in terms of like mental illness, past experiences flying where they both of them were acting erratically or any cause for concern. I think the marital issues with Shaw, um, you know, have been investigated, but I will just say for now, there was nothing of mental illness. But also, you know, marital issues happen every day. People get in fights every day. If it wasn't like if this flight landed, no one would think anything of what that was. Exactly. And like usually if, you know, you go through a breakup, you're not really inclined to kill a yeah. plane full of 240 people. But we will get back to that later for a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. Some A few interesting passengers to note. There were two Iranian men who had used stolen Australian passports. Oh. Why? Uh, because they were um, illegal immigrants. Okay. 
Also, nothing really proven that they had any malintent, but they were using stolen passports, but they got through. So everyone literally got through. It was a normal sort of like normal night to take a red eye. Everyone got to the airport around 10 p.m. No one was flagged. It was a red eye. That's even more haunting. I know. I hate red eyes. Uh, Every time I get a red eye, I'm like, that's going to, it's going to be the next Malaysia flight. I've only been on one and I'm like, I don't sleep on planes. So that it, it's just a horrible experience. Sometimes I'm like, I just would rather spend the like extra 200 for me to be able to like enjoy the next day. Me too. Cause me then too. you're just like a zombie. I totally agree. I really hate a red eye. It, it, getting to the airport at like 10 PM. Oh, you're just so Ugh, disoriented. It's horrible. It, I hate, I hate it. I hate it so much. Me too. Um, so yeah, I mean just a normal time at the airport. Um, People were charging their phones, and they many um, passengers took selfies, sent them to their loved ones, being like, we'll see you in the morning. Uh, it was expected to arrive in Beijing at 6.30 a.m. So they all board. The crew prepares the cabin. The, air, the airplane is completely fueled. They're boarding at 11.40 p.m. Um, and Hamid requested permission to take off around 12.30 Air traffic control granted permission to leave, and at 1240, they took off. Oh. I know. It's just going to get worse. It's like the Titanic. I know, when it's just like all these hopeful, yeah. hopeful people God. prepared for the journey. Um, so they headed northeast at 18,000 feet initially. Um, I found out so much just about like air traffic control, which I just find fascinating. Oh, I could not even begin to understand. No, like they're in constant communication with... I'm also like... What is the training like for someone to become the person that's like, all right, 370, you are good to like, it's just like such a crazy job. And also it's not a job that you can be like off your game, I feel. No, like you can't text, yeah, you know, exactly. like you have to just be paying attention. Not the job for me. Not the job for me either. Um, so at 1250, there's the first handoff. A handoff in aviation is when, so like before you take off, a plane is relying on towers to talk to like being like am i good yes you know like all the confirmations of like you're leaving the airport this is where you're going and then a handoff is where you go into like territories like different countries have air spaces and so i know right like they like claim different parts so like at one point they're talking to malaysia territory and so then they do this handoff that is going to transfer them to Vietnamese air traffic control. Do you know if they have to speak like a universal language, if there's like an interpreter? God, that is such a good question. I asked Adrian something about this the other day at airports, and I want to say he said that English is like... The universal. The universal language, which I roll. Colonialism. But I'm like, yeah, because... I mean, I would assume that. Yeah. I would assume it's English. I'm, I'm Also, I'm rolling my eyes. Uh, what language do I know? Only English. <laughs> uh, same. Same. Um, but yeah, like I'm like, hmm. That is interesting. But yeah, so they all have to speak something. Yeah. Um, they're chatting. They're chatting. So this is where it gets interesting. So they're climbing to 35,000 feet. The next 30 minutes, very calm and normal. It's a beautiful, beautiful night. There's not like a single little bump of turbulence. Everyone's falling asleep. I know. I know. So they are doing from, they did their first handoff from air traffic control, the towers, everything went okay. Now they're doing, because they're on the border of Malaysia, they're now transferring into Vietnamese airspace. The tradition is for one of the controllers to wish them a good night 
it's like like a pilot, you know, yeah. like the air, the aviation lingo, and like then break a leg, like literally. And then the other one says "good morning." Oh. So there's a couple minute gap between this handoff because Malaysia is saying, "All right, like you know, good night." whatever and then there's this thing called a black spot which can be a very scary moment for inexperienced pilots because it's basically like two minutes before you get confirmation that you're like in the clear and so i guess pilots like if you're experienced it's not a big deal you're just like yeah just wait for it like it's gonna be fine they're gonna like tell us that they're good we're gonna get that like response back and show Two minutes in in the air and darkness is a long Literally, time. Literally, just like, are we going the right way? Yes. Like, is are this- we about to hit something? Yes. Very, very scary. So at 1.18 a.m., there is the switch that they're like, all right, Malaysia, 370, are you going to proceed to, you know, we're going to hand off? And Hamid, the um, co-pilot, agreed to proceed. He's like, yep, switching off. And then no response, no actual switch. Nothing happened. So at this point, they disappear from the radar and they vanish into thin air. Literally watching them, the plane is just going, poof, they don't... I literally have chills. They they literally, I know, same, they don't see anything. And the crazy part about this is that planes have multiple ways to track. Like, it's not like, oh, you just have one GPS and that's good. Like, because of how, you know, safe you have to be. There are three separate ways that you keep a plane, that you can track a plane. Yeah. One is, um, so air traffic control is one way. So that's people on the ground making sure that everything is good. That obviously is not working because they have completely vanished. Air traffic control has not received a response back from them. But another way to track it, thanks to German scientist, Heinrich Hertz, <laughs> is called a transponder. And it's like this little thing that's like as small as a deck of cards. And it's just like a little GPS thing that they put in two separate places of the plane in case there is like a fire in the cockpit or something happens. Good idea, guys. I know, so smart. So smart. So there's one in the cockpit and then there's one in the middle of the plane. Both of those. At the same time as air tra- traffic control. So that so it literally is almost like... um. Was it within... like Was it like right away he was like switching off and mm-hmm. then it was like poof? Yes. What the fuck? Like literally like poof. What the fuck? So the transponders... Gone. 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 Um, so, but they did, you know what? Actually, I think they could see for a few seconds after they could see the plane because, oh, no, they could. They could see the plane for like two minutes after they didn't get that response. They're like, what's going on? And then they were tracking it and they saw that the plane began to veer off course and they almost did. So they did it 30 degrees to the right out to the South China Sea. So they're not going on straight ahead like the plan they are going to the right and so malaysia air traffic control saw this and they they were like what the fuck and then two minutes later the transponder goes offline so it is kind of like stacked it's like one thing happens a couple minutes later something else shuts down yes so it's like staggered Hmm. there's another way to track an airplane it's called air traffic addressing and reporting system um that also shut down and that one is what goes back to like the Boeing company. Like, so it's like, the, like the plane itself, like yeah. that's their system. Oh, I was like, Noah is outside. Oh, okay. <laughs> also Canola too. <laughs> you did get me out of here. Let's run far away. Oh, um, show what the hell is happening. 
So then for, this is just like a little, just so we can also understand the, the route that it's going. Four days later, um, the Malaysian military goes back through, after the plane is lost, they go back through the the course and they're trying to see what they can find. And then they saw that the plane made an immediate left after it went right. Cause they were like, that was the only, the Malaysian air control was the only last system that could see the final moments. And they said that it made a 180 degree turn. Like it wasn't just veering. It oh was God, those passengers. Must so have been. It, literally. So we can assume that it was trying to go back to the airport Go back to the airport. Mm-hmm. That's what people have said because it just was now trying to just completely, completely turn. turn around. And it's been like an hour since they took off. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Show. That is a little lay of the land of what the hell happened that night. Um, so yeah, all communications had either been purposely disabled or somehow powered down during the flight. The plane had disappeared. Can they... At this time, are you able to text on a plane with anyone texting and being like... So in 2014, you couldn't get... Um, it. The, they didn't have the same like satellite advantages that I mean, we have now. Even in tw- like 2014, Instagram is like just making its way. Exactly. So people weren't texting. I think you could buy Wi-Fi, but free texting like wasn't a thing, I think, until like 2017, 2018. Wow. And it's still not a thing on every airline. Exactly. Guys, get on that. Get on it's that. not a cute look no, to be cheap about it so there was no no text from passengers texting their families being like something we have lost totally oxygen there was a fight like none of that so there is literally no evidence yet of what has happened so obviously family members are finding out about this early in the morning he's having to make the calls like that is the worst job in the entire world like flight the airport or the air the airline airlines was making the call being like just so you know but they didn't like come out and be like they they've died they were like we do have a problem with tracking the flight um obviously we know that they were supposed to be there by now we're working you know I would not be kind. I'd be like, what do you mean? Yeah, you I'd be like, you lost a fucking plane? Yeah, I would you... be upset. Oh, I mean, so all of the families are at the airport, news oh. coverage, like everything. I mean, this is like the first time in a long time that this has happened. Like there had been, you know, crashes and yeah. accidents, but this is like very, you know, for 2014, this happening. Yeah. Wild. So search attempts were quickly launched, but investigators had little idea of where to start because there's such a vast territory where the plane could feasibly be also it's just like it's in the sky i would be like i don't even know where where to begin you go up you go down you go you know and we don't know what's out there it's like the ocean exactly don't visit there like we don't hang there no and like with these kind of things i think sometimes i'm naive i'm like well you just go like the last spot that they and then you search for 100 miles like it is so fucking big. That's why i'm like well why didn't they do that but it's so big it's it's so big and it's also i think it's like a it's like a grain of salt or of rice, right? In a because a plane, I could see it up there, and it falls. Like who knows where that is? Literally, who knows? Especially in the ocean, which is uh, so they were above an ocean. Yes. Oh god. Oh god. That makes it even worse. It literally, it's everything about it is not good. Um. So teams from Singapore, Vietnam, and Malaysia were searching the water near Vietnam, which is partway between Kuala Lumpur and Beijing, about twelve hours after contact was lost. So they're immediately like. We know what probably maybe where it is. Like if, you know, this is the last spot, let's just go all around the rate, like that radius. 
FBI came in. Um, This is the case for the FBI. This is the case for the FBI. Truly. Um, Nine countries contributed to the initial search. 40 ships worked around the clock and 34 aircrafts flew during daylight hours to find it. How did they not find it? It's so fucking crazy. So a total of 26 countries eventually pitched in. The search area widened. They still found nothing. And after 79 days of searching... They um, officially, no, after 79 days of searching, they announced their agreement to search like underwater with submarines. Yeah. Nothing. What? 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 And after 370, uh, 327 days, Malaysia officially declared the disappearance an accident and there was really like nothing more that they could do. How much of our earth is like uninhabited? Is that the word where it's like, don't we know where everything is? But that is probably foolish thinking. But I'm not like, with the ocean. The ocean is something that we literally like don't know much about. The ocean is crazy. We know more about space than we do the deep sea. That's crazy. So yeah. do you think it's in the ocean? I think it has to be. Like what let's say it nose dive down. Like you were going to the bottom, bottom of the sea. I don't know. Well, we'll talk about what they find. Okay. I just I still don't know. So obviously right now it is a very tough time. Like the climate in, you know, Malaysia has compared, like some citizens of Malaysia have compared this to like their 9-11 because they're just like, someone did this. Like this isn't just something that normally happens. This couldn't have been an accident. Like this was a terrorist attack. Immediately all of the news about it in America too was just like, hmm, two Iranian people on board that had stolen passports. We think this was a terrorist act. And Obama didn't like announce it as such, but there was definitely like mumblings of like, like, like eyebrow raises. Mm -hmm. Eyebrow raises. So people were just like, how can you not find it? This makes no sense. The Malaysian government's final report on it was basically just like, we cannot determine anything. The only thing that we really know is that the the key finding was that the plane's sharp diversion when it went like boop back at 1.21 a.m. was done manually. So they were like, the pilot did that for some reason, but it's still unclear who was responsible for the maneuver or why. Mm-hmm. You just like, God, you just want to be in there and like know what happened. Exactly. Do you want to hear about the first piece of evidence that they found? And Absolutely. Wh- and what the hell it was. Yes. So the first piece of MH370 took more than a year to find. It was a fragment. So they found something. Yes. They finally found something and then suspended the search because they were like, okay, this is pretty much probably the only thing that we'll ever be able to find. What? It was a fragment of the plane's wing washed up on Reunion Island, thousands of miles from Kuala Lumpur. That is irony. Thousands of miles from where they took off and they'd only been... In flight for like 50 minutes. These freaking airplanes that are flying over us right now. I know, guys. Haunting. It's the crows with Frida, and it's the planes with this one. They know. They know. They always know that we're here to speak about them. Wow. So, but that's like really all they found, and it really did not give them much information, especially as to like why this even happened. Like, I think they were expecting to find something. Like, yeah. But like, they were like, okay, so the wing, obviously like it crashed, and the wing is over here, so... And then they stopped it. I was like, wouldn't that make you want more? Yeah, they suspended. I think they made they. So that was in 2015 when they found it. 
Oh, they suspended the search in January 2017. Okay, okay. So that was two years later. Okay, also, that makes sense. they spent more than $140 million on the search. I mean, honestly, money well spent, though. Uh, truly. Like, I would not regret that. I would want even more if I were the family members. I'd be like, keep going until a billion dollars. Yeah, like, like, what's Jeff Bezos up to? I'm sure he has a few dollars to spare I mean, towards this rescue effort. Literally towards, like, 240 people like yeah you should be spending that kind of money to like absolutely give these people answers um so officials said it was possible the crash site was farther north um and then you know some family and uh, and pass the families of passengers and crew members had become so frustrated they launched their own search but you know nothing really i know i know i know it's just like people who lose parents people who lose spouses i mean literally there was a couple that was on their honeymoon on the flight Mm -hmm. no yep the children like it's all just so crazy so officially may 2018 they're like there's no significant findings we have to put this to bed and that's where we now go into conspiracy conspiracy theories question yes did they talk about a settlement surely oh i didn't even think about looking like, into that surely they had to pay people something. oh my god i mean not that like any amount of money would ever make up for you losing a family member oh i'm friend. sure they had to pay them a shit ton of money shit ton shit ton wow yeah for like 200 wow yeah, yeah i mean tough but like least more 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 yeah so after hearing this like without going into it like what do you think happened i think it's the captain I'm sorry. You think it's the captain? I do. I like feel like he, I don't know. I don't know. That one really just struck me. It's eerie. The flight simulator thing is like haunting. It's weird. And like, yes, I know people have problems, but it's, he, it, it seems like for a while he was starting to act weirder and weirder. Yep. And then they left him the day before. And then he has like this kid that uh, maybe the kid was like trying to stop him even or something. And like maybe he grabbed that and try to get them back to the airport mm. and then he was like game over wow and because the captain he's the captain he knows how maybe how to turn and he's so obsessed with flying how to turn off all the tracking stuff interesting well let's just start with that conspiracy okay okay let's theory start. then um okay so one of them is a pilot suicide mission yeah so um Many people have pointed this to the theory that a pilot that the pilot Shaw deliberately crashed the plane. A Canadian aviation expert and former airplane crash investigator. Um, what a job! I mean, truly though, um, told Canada's CBC in May 2018 that he was certain it was a murder suicide by a pilot. Okay, well, I don't think you can be certain. So this was his theory. Let's paint a picture of what happened that night. Okay. Shortly, a- he says, shortly after one in the morning. Shaw flew over the South China Sea and sent his final signal to air traffic control in Kuala Lumpur before entering Vietnamese airspace. He suspects that Shaw then prompted his co-pilot to leave the cockpit and locked its door. Then around 1.20 a.m., Shaw turned off all the plane's electronics, causing it to go off radar and directed the aircraft back towards the Malaysian Peninsula. At this time, Shaw is still by himself and his co-pilot remains locked out of the cockpit. It's believed that Shaw began depressurizing the cabin, thus causing the emergency oxygen mask to go down in the cabin, which I also, also didn't know this. You know that those masks only work for like 15 minutes? Ooh. So, but unbeknownst to the passengers, their masks were essentially useless because you also have to like, if the oxygen goes out, 
let's say, which is very rare to happen on a plane. You can't just be like, oh, we're landing. Like you have to go down slow, like pretty slowly. This is a stupid question. How does the oxygen run out? Because the, the there's no oxygen up in the air that high. Okay. So you have your oxygen mask with a, with a little baggie that has right, oxygen but, so in how it. How does the plane have oxygen in the first place? It's pressurized so that it... Like there's oxygen in it and then they seal it tight. Oh, got it. Okay. And that's why you can't open it. Well, there's a lot of reasons you can't open the door. Um, Yeah. This is a sick question and we can edit it out. Do you ever (laughs) look at that door? (laughs) Say it. And just think, what would happen if I were to open this? All the time. I have crazy thoughts on an airplane. Crazy thoughts. Of just like, what would happen if- Oh my God, we're going to be put on like the no fly list. (laughs) (laughs) I would never. I would never. But- it's human nature to be like, what is the worst thing that can happen to me and other people yes, right now? It is. It's crazy. Our minds are so crazy. It is crazy. But yeah, because like there's oxygen in a plane, right? Because you, it's like, it's science. That's why it has to be sealed tight. Right. From when you take off to landing, because I think at 10,000 feet you can breathe, but anything else, like, so you can't just like, dive down to get more like if that's happening so they last for about 15 minutes with that intent of like okay if ox if something happens we're gonna land we give a 15 minute land which is kind of even cutting it close which i'm like guys put more oxygen in there (laughs) fill it up (laughs) god they're so stingy with their oxygen like literally how expensive can it be (laughs) it seems like it's like never failing or never ending truly god now i have so many questions about it my brother who's like a big plane person is gonna listen to this and be like you're a fucking fool (laughs) um what our brand is exactly so shaw however is inside remember the other the dude's locked out the passengers have their masks on be like what's happening Shaw wore a more sophisticated, longer-lasting oxygen mask that he Ugh. brought with him that allows him to continue to fly fly the plane. So it's like one of those like, like real ones, old like scary. war scary yeah. ones. Um, until the fuel ran out after six hours of flight, the plane's engine stopped running, and Shaw dove the plane, killing everyone on board. So that is one conspiracy theory. So he, f- that's why they were so far. What is even the point of flying it out? So, exactly. That is the counter argument to this, that people are just like, in history, there's only been a number of pilots that have deliberately killed, if it's like not a hijack, like a pilot that kills their aircraft. Um, That just like hasn't really happened. I think there's been eight instances worldwide since 1976 where pilots have deliberately crashed. Um, also flying for six hours. It's like, you're just sitting there being like, yep, I'm still going to do this for six hours. That's why I'm just like, that doesn't really make sense. If you're going to do it, they know how to do it. Also, statistically, these pilots that have done it have had severe mental health problems. They've been drinking and taking antidepressants at the same time. Both of those pilots had absolutely like no substance abuse history. Have you seen flight with Denzel Washington? No, So, but I feel like I need to. I just watched, um, what's with Harrison Ford? Where the oh no, that's with Tom Hanks there he plays Sully or whatever. Oh yeah, um, where the president's plane is taken over by it's Harrison Ford. He's president. Oh my god, I it is watch. such a hot movie. Wow. 
you would actually love it. Like the uh-huh. whole, it's like eighties. The whole time you're just like, this uh, is crazy. This love. is president. <laughs> he looks. No presidents ever looked like that before. Yeah. Well, Obama. Obama up, is a sexy there. man. Up there. Yeah. So I will just say that like this is weird. Like I don't think that that six hours makes sense. Yeah. That 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 to me, I'm like it makes sense if he immediately like nosedives somewhere. But I guess that also wouldn't make sense because there were ten thousand that uh, unless the ocean carried it. Mm. Right. But if you nosedive, can the ocean carry it? Or do you just go straight to the ocean floor? Can you like not nosedive, but... But just crash? Yeah. But I think if you're going down... You have to. The nose will always go first. Because that's just like the way that the plane is made. Totally. Totally. It's not like a helicopter. Right. So that one, I'm just a little bit like... So investigators have obviously been like, could this be... And there's just like no claim... Because of them, re- like, investigating their change in habits recently or interests, self-neglect, drug abuse. They're just, like, that sounds like just a kind of, like, romanticized, horrific well, thing. it's just, like, a simple answer. Also, that I feel so bad for his family. I know that, that, that people are now saying that. Yeah, that's really And sad. in the documentary, I was, like, kind of angry almost that they went there. Because I was like, God, these poor... And you look at pictures of them, and they just look like these two sweet guys. Like, yeah, they kind of do. Yeah, exactly. So who the fuck knows? Show. Any other little ideas that you might have? I'm guessing a UFO is going to pop up there. So not like exactly a UFO, but there's another theory that um, it was like intercepted by aliens, American military. Oh, copy. And show it's like a whole thing and like you know our government that we're never going to talk about but um the american military was doing training exercises at the time in south china sea and they downed mh370 at the point where it had first lost radar contact in between uh, malaysia and vietnamese airspace this french journalist florence de shangay it's not a french accent (laughs) i I can't do french accents Um, had observed that the cargo carried and delivered under escort by MH370 included 2.5 tons of electronic devices without being scanned prior to loading. So they're like, something was on there. Mm. Why is the American government? I don't know. What's America's uh, relationship like with China? Yeah. Not great. <laughs> Well, I feel like America and China are always just trying to, like, they hate each other. Yeah. But they're always trying to keep each other happy mm. because both of you, like... Like, this could go so wrong at any point. Exactly. We don't want... Exactly. We're both very powerful. Exactly. And, like, we both owe each other shit. And wow. so that's what I feel like. It's like the two popular girls at school. They're like, I fucking hate you, but I cannot cross But we her. have to tolerate each other. Exactly. Wow. Like, for the end of the school year. That's what I think. Wow. So that is crazy. So yeah, that's another theory, which I'm just like, but why would they do that? Yeah, that just would make me so depressed. Also, this is when Obama was president. I don't believe he would do something like that. (laughs) He's perfect. (laughs) It's like, I know people like he's also a politician. I know, I know. Who did some. I know he did. I know he did. We know, guys. We know. You know. But just let us have it. The shit in Iran wasn't great. But yeah, just let us have this moment. Let us have it. Um, Okay, let's talk about other juicy things. Um, There was a conspiracy theory that someone was hiding on the flight that was like um, hidden in a stowaway that hijacked the plane, which this one is actually just so stupid because like you have to go through so much security to like you can't just sneak on and like hide in the bathroom and then attack everyone. It also doesn't make sense with like the things going out to me. 
they're saying that it was an ex-employee who held a grudge, mm. which I just think like we're getting too like mean girl. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like might as well be like it was a an ex-girlfriend. Yes, who was yeah. crazy and she was in love with the pilot. Totally. Like, um, but I'm just trying to do like the juiciest ones before kind of just getting to the ones which I think might be a little bit more realistic of okay. what did happen. Right. So the more like realistic ones, and this is sad is that there just was an oxygen deficiency, which is a thing with conspiracy theories. Like you don't really want to hear this stuff because it's just like, yeah, it is super boring and sad. Um, So this is kind of what I think did happen. Um, They speculated that everyone on the plane, including the captains somehow felt unconscious and that they realized that this was happening and they tried to turn around (gasps) to get back. Oh, I have goosebumps. That is so horrible. I also, know. just like I don't want to get too morbid into it, into it, it but just it. like being on a plane and there's so much time between where you are and the ground or the ocean, and and like knowing that that's going to happen, and you're just kind of waiting. Like that, I'm sure it goes fast, but there's enough time that you know what's happening. When you lose oxygen, is it like a peaceful way to go? I don't know. Not like hypothermia. I don't know. No, because then you start like suffocating. So no, not good. It just sounds horrible. Or maybe you fall asleep. Or you just pass out. Maybe you pass out. Oh, God. I'm so sorry. Um, and then the final conspiracy theory is that there was an electrical fire. Or not the final one. Um, yeah. And this one also is just like not very interesting. It's just that um, a, a former pilot, his name was Christopher Goodfellow, investigated this. And he said that a lot of times when there is a fire on a plane, you just are taught to like immediately just turn back. And that's kind of like just like the number one thing to try to see if, I mean, you can get back before it gets worse. Um, But another pilot, Patrick Smith, said that would have been unlikely that the plane would travel for hours on autopilot after a fire. Mm, Right. Um, And then the last theory is Russian hijackers. Um. Basically, this one also just kind of makes me mad because I just feel like it's so like there was a like what's what's the word um, like xenophobic, mm. you know, of just yeah. like the two Iranian guys yeah. that had stolen password, the Russians on board. Like it just seems totally. It sounds like kind of a James Bond movie that people are like, let's totally um, blame it on that. Exactly, because a few months after the flight was lost, Malaysian Airlines Flight 17, another Boeing 777, was shot down by a surface-to-air missile over Ukraine. At the same time, Russia was invading nearby uh, Crimea. Crimea? Crimea, I think. Crimea. Crimea. Um, and so then they checked flight logs, and they realized there were Russian, three Russian passengers, all of whom who were seated near an electrical hatch. Mm. So they were like, what if they did something? They created a, a diversion while the other members snuck below. Deck to remotely control the plane's flight. Wait, this is the exact synopsis of that Harrison Ford movie. Oh, really? <laughs> when was the Harrison Ford movie made? In the 80s. Okay, guys. So maybe we're just getting ideas. That's literally the the plot of. Um, wait, what is that? I need to. Someone was like, "I've seen this movie." Oh, before. Air Force One. Oh, I've never. I know I've never seen it. I don't even know if I've heard of it. Um, yeah, that is literally Russian hijackers that go underneath the plane and control it. <laughs> so, I, I think that the oxygen one to me sounds. I also think it it is. Um, 
I think it was oxygen. I think they tried to do their best. But for the three transmitter, like for the three points, right, for just to go, to go out. out. Well, are there things that you have to be doing to keep them on? Like if you're they're passed out? Because the autopilot for six hours makes sense because they're all passed out. Oh, that's so true. You know? And then they just didn't know where they finally landed. Exactly, because they're all dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I still just, I don't know. It just like, I guess that's the one that makes most sense to me. What, what would you say your final? I think oxygen. Yeah. This reminds me, and we need to look into this, but like the Bermuda Triangle mm-hmm. where it's like people have just disappeared or whatever. Yep. Did Amelia Earhart disappear in the Bermuda Triangle? She did. I believe she did. That is crazy. We should do Amelia Earhart too at some point. We really should. We really should. Yeah. It's also known as the Devil's Triangle. It's an urban legend focused on loosely defined region where planes have seemed to gone missing. I think there's only been like a few of them though. But it was like enough. And they, I think it was like three, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. And we do love a little mystery. Yeah, we do. But yeah, that is the uh, that is the disappearance of Malaysia. It just oh, I need to know. I know, I know, and I don't think we ever will. But I'd be so curious to hear everyone's thoughts of what they think, Same. what conspiracy theory sticks out to them. Same. Um, I I know we had to get through a lot of them, so they're a little looser. But you know, you can do. There is a lot more hours of research about each one of these things. Conspiracy theories are basically just there because the world things like so horrible happen in the world that you're like, there has to be an explanation for it. And sometimes there's just not and right bad things just happen, which is what I think about, about yeah. this. Um, so yeah, but like, it just is weird. Cause like, wouldn't they have checked like to make sure that there like was like, I know. And I still don't understand the way that works. <laughs> yeah. Me, let us know if you know how oxygen and planes like, work. That's the theory. I believe though. Same. I think so. I think so. Cause that and now I but why bad. immediately did it did did the radar like maybe the there wasn't that much like maybe maybe whoever was supposed to be checking all that stuff is not going to be like fuck i forgot that step now but maybe they did forget to do a few things right like if someone doesn't come wow what if there's someone that knows and has just like exactly. never come forward that's horrible what if it just that's like, my conspiracy theory. what if it just blew up god i mean that could be it Right? Because that would, like, make sense for everything to go, like, one by one. Yeah. Totally. Guys, let us know what you think. Please I, let us I know. I still just don't know. It's like John Bonet. I'm just, like, at I the know. end of the episode, I'm always just, like, frustrated. Because there's one more thing that w- once you think you have it figured out, there's something else. Be like, oh, well, that doesn't make sense. Then. I know. I know. So, yeah, let us know. Write us in. Yeah, write us in on what other conspiracy theories you're into. Yes. And, you know, don't be scared to fly, but... Also, <laughs> guys, I promise it's okay from someone who does not feel nervous flying at all. No, 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 it's fine. I actually like was going to research this on my flight back. <laughs> yeah, that's been. And I was like, you know what? No, not right now. Not I feel like place. vulnerable and hungover. So yeah, it's just not going to happen. Tess and I were talking. And I was like, the idea of working on a plane always sounds great, and then you get there and you're like, ooh, the devil wears Prada's on. It's once in a blue. I actually did all my research for Oprah on oh. a flight, but I was just feeling it was like a 10 a.m. flight. I felt awake. I've had a coffee. Yes, that's really the only time I've been able to. Yeah. And then we're done. Show kids, as always. Guys, this month is going to be exciting and fun. It's going to be so exciting. I'm excited for our next two. Me too. And next week is your birthday. Oh, yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so you guys will not stop hearing. Um, birthday season has begun. It has begun, and you don't even know what's in you, what you're in for. Welcome, welcome to chore season, honey. Exactly, Woo! we are ready. We're we are ready here for it. Thank God it's April. Yes. Um, and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Right Answers Mostly. Give us a subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and a five star, and it's like leave a review. That would be so nice. That yes. would make our day. And literally send this episode or any episode that you like to a friend and be like, Please. have you have you heard of this? Because like that's how we grow our community and that's what helps us the most. So and, and this podcast is everything to us. It literally it's our baby. It is our baby. So please help our baby be nurtured. God, God do it. Do it. <laughs> All right, kids. Okay, we love you. Love you and good night, Rammies. Oh wow. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and good morning. Oh. <laughs>